Are you excited this morning? Why are you here this morning? The good coffee. No. You are here because the love of the Father has drawn you. Because God's love is chasing you down. That is why you are here this morning. May we have a near revelation of God's love this morning. I remember two Sundays back, we had the Voice of God conference. Who was at the Voice of God conference? Okay. Amazing things happen. Our lives have been transformed. We were touched by God's love. The miraculous happened. There was a new fire of God's love being ignited in our hearts. And then what happens? Life happens. How do we keep on that love for God, that fire for God? How do we keep that move of God going in our lives? <laughs> I want to start with a story, personal story. I was reminded, I don't really want to talk about myself, but you will get the picture. Now, 10 years back, God called me into international missions. So from Namibia, I had to go on a missionary ship in the Philippines. Who knows where's the Philippines? It's in the ends of the earth. Okay, the Philippines. I've seen a few Filipinos in Namibia as well. Now, um, they are everywhere. So God call, calls me to the, to the Philippines on the ship to, share, to go share his gospel. I was sitting on a little boat with, with a few friends at Walfish Bay on the water. I was preparing for the water. With so much fear and uncertainty in my heart, I need to leave everything behind and go preach the gospel. I was excited, Jelle. But there was fear and uncertainty. And while I had this uncertainty, God pressed on my heart. Jack. How deep is my love for you? Sitting on that boat, I think it was going How deep is my love for you? Lord, I don't know, but it must be deeper than the deepest ocean. And God led me to scriptures that is not on the U version notes, but. Uh, Psalm 136 verse 26, his steadfast love endures forever. The reckless love of God. Jeremiah 31 verse 3, I loved you with an everlasting love. Everlasting meaning it is forever. It is forever, friend. Everlasting love. No matter where you are today, his love is chasing you down. And at that moment, when I feel so love, all fear disappeared from my life. For the scripture says in 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out all fear. I pray today, I was praying last night when some people having a party, my love was tested. Four o'clock I went to sleep, but I was praying today that you will be transformed by, by his love. And at that moment, so being in love by God, his love compelled me to go to the Philippines. Because I've got his love. And I found myself studying, doing a research if God's love is so deep, it must be deeper than the deepest ocean. I just want to show them some uh, measurements. S some, some people just want statistics and measurements and stuff. So I did a study. Where is the deepest part of the ocean? It is in the Western Pacific. It is called the Marianas Trench. 35,800 meters down. And God's love is deeper. You would like from swim? That's the spot. His love is deeper. And I found myself in Manila in the Philippines in a museum sharing the gospel of security guards. 
they were sitting, and I shared with them, you know, God's love for you is deeper than the deepest ocean. Because the Philippines, they are islands, they know about water. I said, the price he paid for you is deeper than you can ever imagine. I said, do you know where's the deepest part of the ocean? I said, the Mariana Straits. The one guy said, listen, I don't know where it is. It is east of the Philippines. And the lady here, she was so touched, falling to her knees, weeping, being touched by the love of God for her. Many gave their lives to Jesus that day. And that is still compelling me this morning. That is still compelling. The love of God for his people is compelling me. But what does this word compel means? The Afrikaans is dring. Dringend. Dring. Godse liefde dring ons. Let us read the first scripture. For it is Christ's love that compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all have died. I love the Passion Translation. Can I have the next one? For it is Christ's love that do, does what? It fuels our passion. If you want to stay passionate for God, stay in love. It fuels our passion and holds us tightly because we are convinced of this, that he has given his life for all of us. Now this word compel, it means in the dictionary, there's a drive, there's an urge, there's an urge forcefully or irresistibly. I don't know about you, who of you have ever been in love? Cake put there. When I'm in love, I will, I will call that lady three o'clock at night and just, I just want to tell her I love you. It is irresistible. There's a move. It is a pressing into action. No, my young friend, it's a car for me, Helene. I'm so because they fall like my car. But to be compelled by love is to be moved into action. To be moved into action, friends. All believers have a compelling force that motivates and moves us forward. The love of Christ. I don't know about you, but first when I accepted Jesus Christ, I wanted to change the world. I love everyone. I love everyone everywhere. And along the line, we lose that love. We become religious. We lose that love. And today the prayer is that what God will come and ignite that fire in your hearts again. His love that draws you. His love draws us towards Him first and then towards others. That irresistible love that says, I, 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 cannot, I cannot stop loving you. Oh, there's a song. I think about Elvis. Or it just came to mind. It moves us. Other translations says that you can't control um, the love of Christ. It controls us. Now, when you control someone, you move them in direction. <laughs> God had to move me with his love into, into a museum many kilometers there so that people can hear the love of God. When you are so in love with God, you will do things that you never did before. That's exciting, man. We like at for tea. Stay in love. It drives you. But to stay in love, we need to feed the fire. Last bravia. I think bravia comes in every prayer. We put wood on the fire. If you don't feed the love God has for you, your fire will go out. And there's a warning. The warning was in Revelation 2 verse 4 where Jesus, God said, you have forsaken your first love. Repent and go do the things that you did before. Now, the second part, back to the car. 
Without love, you cannot move. Because love is our fuel. It fuels our passion. What does that mean? You know, when Pastor JC was here, he, he said that if, if you do not have love for that person, you want to give them a word, but there's no love, God won't use you. I'll show you in Scripture this morning. If you do not have love, God won't use you. Chase, that's what Jesus said. And then there's a lady, man, this lady inspires me even to go more to the Vundu. But there's a missionary called Heidi Baker. Who, who heard about her? If you don't know, Google. She said, you have no authority where you have no love. And fuel is so precious today. I don't know about you. We need love. I don't know about you, but when I look at my, I always look at the three pickies. Because it determines how far I will go. I need to fill up again. How does your love tank look, look like today? Towards God and towards people. Yes, Jack, I can see so, so for Leafy. It's never too late. Let us read the scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 2. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but though I speak of the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. If you do not have love, you will make a noise and you have no impact. And though I have the gift of prophecy, two weeks back we prophesied. And understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge up here. And though I have all faith, so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. We can have all the best coffee, we can have all the best sound, we can all have all these things in the church. If there is not love, we will not make an impact. Love is so foundational this morning. The floor under us, there's a foundation. It is foundational. The scriptures is also, it came, came later. So it's not in the notes, but you can write it down. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 3. It says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And then, what is the greatest? Great commandment. Matthew 22, 37. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then love your neighbor as you love yourself. God's love compels you towards him and then towards each other. Is you know right? Maar ek bewe van excitement. Voel of ek weer verlief raak. Die, die wat die skam is. We don't have to, ons hoef die skam te wees vir hier nie. The love of God needs to be your firm foundation. I'm going to talk about a lot of basics this morning. But we forget the basics. We forget the basics that is powerful. And it says in 1 John 4 verse 16. And we have known and believed the love God has for us. You need to believe that God has love. The, the, the love he has for us. You need to believe that. And then it says, short but sweet. Powerful. God is love. His nature is love. He is love. So if you want to build your firm foundation, you need to build it on him. How does it look to build your life on him? You need to build it on his love. 
How does your foundation look today? This morning. Now, Pastor Johannes shared uh, last Sunday. I was in church. Last Sunday, um, he shared about the foundation. If the foundation is not right, it starts showing cracks in the building. Okay? There's cracks in the building, and we see this in society. We see it when we look at people. We see today drug and alcohol abuse. We, we, we can go on homosexuality. We can go to sexual sins. We can go to all these things. It shows me that there is something wrong with the foundation. There's a lack of love. I was reminded by the song, Black Eyed Peas. Where is the love? I like that song. So as you'll in the scenery, might be that song. Who wants to be loved in here? Raise your hands. Sure. Wow. We have been made for love. The world is doing, doing crazy things to get in love. They go to crazy extents. Kids in schools, they fall under peer pressure just to be loved and accepted. Everyone who wants love. But you know, this morning and we're going to pray for this just there where you are. Father, give me a new revelation of your love for me. In Jesus' name. And then love is a atomic bomb. I heard it this morning. Someone prophesied it. Yesterday, God has been speaking it to me. I won't mention names, but it is this bomb. When it falls, it transforms everything around it. God's love transforms you. That's where we're going to end as well. But I'm beginning with the end in mind. Who, who heard of the testimony of the, the co-founder of the satanic church, Rian Swigelar? That guy came to Christ because people loved him. <laughs> wow. I remember in the Philippines, we were sitting in a, in a prison and there was this guy from head to toes full of tattoos. And this, this guy... <laughs> You see me, this guy, this guy is going to slit my throat any moment. But he's weeping next to me. He says, Jack, thank you. That you guys come and share the word with me. And I see love transform the hardest of hearts. And then also in the Philippines, we were in a prison. We, we, we did prison ministry. We did prison ministry. And I wanted to go preach with the guys. But God sent us to the woman. Don't know why. He knows. Every Sunday we had to offer our Sunday and go sit down and preach the word and just love people. Many came to Christ, the, the, these inmates, these ladies. And I remember I was uh, three months on the outreach. When I came back, I could see the physical transformation in their faces. They were not looking after themselves before they met Christ. When they, when they accepted Christ, but you know, they, there was a transformation. I could see something different in them. And at the end, I didn't want to leave, but home calls home. We baptized 40 women in that prison. There was a dancing, there was a weeping, there was a joy of transformation. And God wants to transform us through his love. I talked with one of my, yeah, one of my nephews. He was an addict, cocaine, heroin addict for many years. Said, I'm doing the sermon about love. Is it true that when your foundation is not lacking in love, 
it shows in drug addiction? He said, yes. My, love, my life was crumbling because of a lack of love. His love wants to transform us. Love brings stability. Spiritual stability. When you are, fall, when you are falling around, maybe it's just because you do not need just deliverance, but love. An amazing thing about love is whatever you are facing right now, you can always fall back to the foundation. That is love. Kerek Fastani, but I know you love me. We need to come to a place where anything that happens in life, yeah, God, just forget about me. We need to grow up, friends. He showed his love. He showed his love. Now I want to read with Paul this morning, Romans 8, verse 38 to 39. I think Paul has kijk vir my die die himmel uit. Let us read. For, for I am, look, it's another translation, but it's fine. For I am persuaded by beyond doubt, convinced to be persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things impending and threatening nor things to come powers nor height nor death nor any other created thing things that are present and threatening, threatening you right now will be able to separate us say after me will be able to separate us. Amen. We've got reaction. Separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. The other translation, New King James, it says, will be able to separate us from the unlimited God, <laughs> which is Christ, which is in Christ Jesus. We like things that is unlimited, like unlimited Wi-Fi. But you need to understand this morning that His love for you is unlimited. Yeah, but Jack, look where I am. His love for you is unlimited. We need to get this revelation. How could Apostle Paul say this? Because he had a revelation. It is not just up here. Many times we say, Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. Yeah, there's, there's a truth, but how much of that truth do you believe? Because Paul had a revelation of God's love for him. And then secondly, he saw it in experience. He saw it in life. Now, love became such a cliche today, the world cheapened it. Yeah, the radio leave. I it all so keer Hope my pla. But we forget it is the most transforming truth in this world today that people are hungering for. You're sitting here this morning because you are hungering for something inside of you that cannot stop. It's the love of God, friend. I see pies and coffee. It's the love of God. It brings stability. Love changes the hardest of hearts. I don't know you know, who loves dancing. Paya dames. It takes two to tango. But it, it takes two to tango. For, for to be compelled by love to stay on fire, it takes two to tango. God did his part. We need to do our part as well. What do I mean? Let us go to the next scripture this morning. Ephesians 3, 17 to 19. Let us not be distracted. That Christ may dwell in your hearts. Yes. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You receive his love also through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in what? 
love. Rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Powerful. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I want the fullness of God, but love is leading you there. The fullness of God. Now to be rooted and grounded in love, it means what? You need to build a solid foundation under your feet in your life of God's love towards you. He has given you the bricks. Ek weet, is lekker om op een zondag te you take the brick that is in the word of God, that is his truth, and you start building the foundation. Because many of us are believing lies right now about God's love. Will God's love not fail me? His word says his love never fails. It's not like a human. His love never fails, but it takes two to tango. So I need to build, I need to be in the word. Okay, I was a, an unstable boy. My emotions was up and down like a yo-yo. And I was seeking deliverance, I was seeking all this thing. And one lady, God sent the lady over my past, she said, you just need to go, go sit down and read the Bible and let God show his love for you. She said, the love of God will restore you. And it's right. When we live in constant guilt, fear, and condemnation, we are not being rooted and grounded in love. You might be rooted and grounded in something else. A lie from the enemy. That you are not loved, you are not accepted. You are grounded and rooted in something else. Now, why is it so important to be rooted and grounded in love? Now, there's many, but the one that, that came out was a TV show that I saw many years back uh, that I love. That it was Extreme Makeover, Home Edition. Yes. Who loves that story? Oscar Coffee Drunk, okay. Extreme Makeover Home Edition. <laughs> that is where a group of people go to someone's house that is unprivileged or needy. They, they say, we send you on a holiday to Disneyland. And we're going to restore your house. We're going to fix it free of charge. Wow. To be rooted and grounded in love leads to restoration. The biblical meaning of restoration is to receive back more. Listen. Then have been lost to the point that the final state is greater than the original condition. Wat betekent dit? Dit sê nou nie, hulle gaan jou mini restore in Ferrari nie. <laughs> I've seen people with their legs being healed. There was restoration in the physical leg, but they received more. They received the love of God to believe Him for more. Their faith has been strengthened for more. God always does more. He does more, friends. Now God, the story of the, of the car restoration, ek het so'n kar gereed wat uit my kar uitgeval het, a keer jou many years back, and then two drunk guys, they drove into, into me, and almost destroyed my car. I said, I don't, go, I don't have any money, Lord. And I came, I came to a panel meter, and this guy said, I will restore this car for free. I said, no. God showed this is my love. Restoring you for free. How does God's restoration look this morning? God restores his image in us. What do I mean? 
Let us read Genesis 1 verse 27. Genesis 1 verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. We are created in whose image? In God's image. A few scriptures back, it says that God is love. That's his image. Sin came and shattered that image of God in us. It separated us from a loving relationship with God. And I don't know about you, but you can easily lack it there a shattered image. It doesn't portray the perfect love of the Trinity in our relationships. I don't know about you, when, when people saw me before I accepted Christ, I was a lover of myself. But the moment when I accepted Jesus Christ, there came a transformation. God restored this love image in me. So that people, they say, we've seen you changed. <laughs> they say it's Jesus. He restored the image of God within us. The broken glass does not reflect the perfect love of the Trinity in our relationship. But you need to understand today, even though he's doing it for free, it cost him his life. It cost Jesus his life. God sacrificed his son so that you can be restored, friend. What greater love is there this morning? We heard the scripture so many times. John 3 verse 16. And it says, let us read. Wow. For God. For God. So, loved. It is his motivation. He is compelled this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Just think about the pain the father went through to see his son being crucified. And still his motivation is, if you only know, I want to restore you back to me. If you only know, I'm making you a new creation. <laughs> Got another prop this morning. The cross. The cross this morning is the biggest picture of love. This is the cross. When we see at Leven de Woord, we don't have, just have beautiful logos. It means something, the cross. The cross is a place where God displayed his feelings for humanity. It is the greatest love. It's called agape love. Agape love is a love that is of the highest level. It is a choice. It chose. Pure. It is selfless. It is unconditional. His love is unconditional. He still loves you. Jesus restored the image within us through sanctification. That word it means the action of being freed from sin and purified. Then, John 15 verse 3. John 15 verse 3 says, There's no greater love than this. For one friend to lay his life down for another. Because his friend, his motivation is to see you restored. He was busy to the land. Restoration, there's restoration this morning at the cross. There's restoration at the cross. And you know, <laughs> there is a, I saw this yesterday, on ambulances, on hospitals, you get this, this weird picture of a pole with a snake on. But that's an image that preaches the gospel. The good news of God's love. 
Let us read the scripture this morning. So in Numbers 21 verse 4 to 9, there was a story where God sent snakes because the people were complaining, the Israelites, God sent snakes. It was his wrath that time that bit the people, the poisonous snakes. And then the people repented and Moses asked what to do. And God said, okay, go take this, cop, this copper. Was it bronze or copper pole? I can't remember. A CPVC paper, man. He put this pole with the this, with this serpent on. And he says, those who look at the serpent will live. Will, will be healed, will be restored. And that is a picture as well of Jesus on the cross. We look to the Savior on the cross. He's not there anymore, but that was the picture to heal us from the poison of sin, to heal us from the place of dysfunction, where you are up and down in fear, where you are up and down in worry, where you are up and down. God doesn't want us to stay in dysfunction. He wants us to be restored, friends. The scripture, please. No, it's not there. But I'm going to read this to you. John 3, verse 14 to 15. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Friends, today there's a chance to open the door and let God love you. So many of us just want to keep that door closed. He wants to love you. In the places where you are keeping that door closed. This morning, he wants to restore you lies that you've been believing. The more you are in the word, the truth shall set you free. You experience the love through the word. You stay, stay on fire in the word. And the last scripture, Matthew 24 verse 12, it says, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. This is a warning this morning. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Other translation says, because of the growing of wickedness in this world, the love of most will grow cold. Because we feed ourselves from the world. We feed ourselves from things that is not from the love of God. Your flame will go out, friends. It is like a cup of coffee. That's a belief. Drink coffee, some of those But when you put a cup of coffee there, and it's flaming hot, and you leave it there for a while, you don't check it up, it's growing cold because of the atmosphere. But I like to put my coffee 20 times in the microwave. Okay, full them up. Lastly, I love Pastor Johannes. He always says, how will we do this practically? <laughs> Prioritizing the Bible in your life. This is the greatest love letter, friend. Read it, study, and apply the word. Prioritizing prayer. You're speaking with the God that loves you. He wants to sit down with you every second of the day. Be involved in what you do because he is a lover. <laughs> Prioritizing community. God ministers to us through us. I've, I've seen that in... The Voice of God conference. Dat is een paar mensen wat ik ken nie, maar Jesus het hulle gelei. <laughs> het een paar woordkies daar gesê, but uh, I felt loved. And then, we're also going to do this this morning, but before that, communion. We need to take communion a lot because it reminds us of what Jesus did. It reminds us of the love that was shed for us. It reminds us that there's restoration. It reminds us. It's not just, ons doen nie nou net communion omdat ons honger en dors is nie. It's a place of transformation. And this morning, 
the message that I just think here is not anything else. Is there not something else greater faithful? My love. My love. Can it be Lord? My love that the world has cheapened. That is bringing people to their knees. And I want us to close our eyes this morning. If you are here this morning and you don't know this Jesus, and today you are convinced, you are feeling your heart that you want to give your life to this Jesus that paid everything so that you can be restored today. I just want you to kindly just raise your hand and we're going to pray together. If you want to accept this Jesus in your life. Give you a chance this morning if you don't know him. Let it sink in this morning. New revelation, Lord, of your love. New revelation of your love. In Jesus' name. We can open our eyes and we're just going to proceed to the communion this morning. for that message what a powerful word that was eh? that God's love compels us it moves us it fuels us I'm just gonna start with a um, with a, a communion and we're gonna read from John 50 John 5 verse 24 and it says the, f- the following there, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. The same one, in, it says in NLT, John 5 verse 24, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my my, uh, message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for for their sins, but they have already passed from death to life. So that words, he who hears my word and believes, hear and believes, it's, it means those who listen, it's not just here, because we're all here with our ears, in here, out there. But those who listen, then believe that word, and then because they believe, they actively engage. It's not just, it's no lack of work you receive that word, you believe that word, and then the love of God compels you to act it out. When you do that, it's Scripture says that then you have eternal life. Jesus, He said, for us as believers, He com- commanded us to have a communion. So if He said that in His word, do we believe it? And if we believe it, do we do it? Is it something that we act on? Or is it just another event 
wat die bykie wijn, bykie die brood, en dan is nou lekker, en dan is nou tikbox hee, and then we're done. How is our hearts when we have a communion? How is our hearts when we look into the scriptures and we see the word of God? Do we believe it? Is his love within us that it compels us to live our life fully as believers? Jesus commanded us to regularly engage in communion. And he also said, why we have to do it. And there's, there's just three short things that I'm going to sh- um, sh- share with you today why we take uh, a communion. And number one is, and we're going to read 1 Peter 1 verse 18 to 19. So he wants us to remember those words. And it says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. The empty life, if you do a research on that, it's tradition. Tradition, tradition, tradition. Not relationship, tradition. Ons doen dit so, want ons het altijd so gedoen, en ons gaan het altijd so doen, omdat ons dit so gedoen het. Tradition, no relationship. And it says here, Again, that this, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from that empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold and silver and all I like hooterkies, which loses their value. Next verse. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. So, number one is why we do that, or why we have a, a, a communion, is that we remember those words. Jacques just said that Jesus, um, he died for us on the cross for free, but it cost him everything. It's not just goud in silver in good works and all those things. It's much more than that. Something with eternal value. The second thing that he wants us to remember, I'm not sure if that's on the, sc- on the screen, but it's in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 16, where it, it speaks that a communion, when we have that, it rem- reminds us as believers that we have unity with Christ. It says when we are, uh, are believers, we are one spirit with Christ. One spirit with him. So when we have communion, we have a communion with him. We, we actually sit with him on a, t- t- a table and have communion with God. Amen? And number th- three is that we always rem- will remember that Christ took away the power of sin over our lives. He for, 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 forgive us all our sins. And communion reminds us all to be like Christ, to be compelled by His love because we are made in His image. That means He forgive our sins, so we forgive others also their sins so that we may be healed. When we have... Um, communion, uh, when we decide in our hearts to also forgive um, others, also forgive ourselves, it means we humble ourselves before God. And that's, it, it is that act of humbleness before Him that brings healing within us. It's not just the, the wine and the bread. It's what we do before that is we make ourselves right before God. We ask God, forgive me my sins. And if there's someone else that you feel came against you and you were offended or whatever, you forgive them. Because Scripture says we have to come with clean hearts before God. That brings spiritual healing, emotional healing, physical healing. Amen? Amen. So I'm just going to ask our team to hand out um, the communion. 
And, and after that, I'll just say something quick, and then we have a communion together as a church. Is there anyone that still needs a communion? Have you all received communion? Okay. While our eyes are all closed, I just want you all to have a minute and just come and, and humble yourself before the Lord. And just ask the Lord if there's, if there's anything in your life that you know that you know that still keeps you away from a relationship with him if there's still something within your life that stops you from receiving the love of God and if there's something that the Lord puts on your heart and then ask the Lord for forgiveness and make a heart a decision that you will step away from that thing that keeps you away from His love, that keeps you away from having full communion with the Father. And at the same time, if there's, if there's, if there's anyone that you feel within your heart that has wrong against you, Scripture says that we have to forgive as Jesus forgave us because it brings healing in our heart. It brings healing in their hearts. It brings healing in the kingdom. If there's someone like that, do not leave without forgiving that person. So I'm just going to give you guys a minute and you can quietly speak with the Lord and then afterwards we take the communion together. Amen.
thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the bread and the wine, Lord God, that resembles what you did for us on the cross. And I pray, Lord, as we have that now as a church together, that we will always remember what you did for us, Lord God. That taking a communion will not become a, a religious thing that we do every once a month, but it'll truly remind us of your love, Lord Jesus. The love that compels us. I thank you for that, Lord God. Amen. Let's just have a, a communion together. stand this morning. This is not where it stopped this morning. Even though you walk out of here, His love does not fail. His love does not fail. While I was sitting there, I, I saw doors. Jesus knocking on doors this morning. Can I come in? But maybe this morning you are afraid of His love. You don't have to be afraid. God wants to restore you this morning. Say it again. God wants to restore you this morning. Will you open the door? It's all a choice. It is not forced. I'm going to end in prayer this morning, but I want to say this before prayer, that after prayer is an opportunity for you to come to the front, those who need restoration. There's people that just want to love you this morning. There's people that just wants to pray with you this morning. Maybe you need restoration in your health, restoration in your body, restoration in relationships, restoration in your thinking, restoration in your identity. The opportunity is here this morning. Don't just walk out. We're going to end in prayer. If you need prayer, we will be in front to pray for you. And the rest can, if you don't want to come, you can go have coffee outside and fellowship. Let us pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. The love that is chasing us down today. The love that doesn't leave us. The love that gets into our mess. The love that gets into our failures. The love that paid the ultimate price. I pray, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for this love. I pray, touch your people today in the name of Jesus. Ignite a flame today again in the name of Jesus. The love flame that we will go out and change the world. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to remind you, those who need prayer, if you just want to sit in God's love, do that. Easier.